Hi friends, it's Laurie Nelson, your Women's Ministry Coordinator here at FaithBridge. Welcome back to the FaithBridge Women's Podcast. This summer, we're sharing our Jesus stories, that moment of salvation that changed everything. And we're also talking about what He's doing in our lives now. Today on the podcast, we have Sharon Cooper. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lori. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. Um, You're here today to tell your Jesus story, but... I know you because you are involved in women's ministry. Yes. How would other people at FaithBridge know you? Well, I would guess uh, that most of the people at FaithBridge would know me because of my um, past position as the director of the mm-hmm. kids' ministry at FaithBridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband and I got involved with FaithBridge way back at the very beginning. Really? We went to one of Pastor Ken's come-and-see meetings and driving home told each other it sounded like way too much work for us. And then <laughs> two weeks later, uh, we decided to uh, become a part of the new FaithBridge. And from the very beginning, from the very first weeks, I was involved with the kids programming at FaithBridge because that was what I have always done. That's where I had always served in the church, and Mm -hmm. that's where my passion was. So um, after several years, I became the kids ministry director Mm -hmm. and had that role for about 13 years. Wow. Wow, that is. It's. I don't know if I've done anything for thirteen years. I'm thinking, eaten. I've eaten every day for thirteen <laughs> years, probably. Um, so that's wonderful. That is just faithful service to God and to His children and these children here at Faithbridge. So, how long ago was that? When did you step away from that position? Uh, I stepped away from that position. Um, I always forget the year, but it's been about eight years ago okay. now. So, and Kelly's been the kids ministry mm-hmm. director ever since. Mm-hmm. And Kelly and I had the privilege and fun of working together in the early days of FaithBridge Kids Ministry. Mm-hmm. So, that's so fun. It, I do think. I mean, clearly, um, FaithBridge Kids has always been. Um, a popular reason why people come and fall in love with the church. You know, if your kids are happy, you know, I think that that's been a big reason. But it just looks like y'all are always having so much fun. I think that's because we are. Yeah. Okay, good. Excellent. <laughs> and that was Excellent. one of our very early on, we set core values, and that was one of our core values to was have to have fun. fun. I love that. No so. wonder. That is one of my personal core values. So no wonder it always looks like y'all are having fun. Well, um, it since then, since stepping away, did you just get right into um, working with the moms and the uh, women who had been bringing their kids, or how did you make that transition? No, I, I took some time after I initially retired, and I did a couple other areas of service in the church. I worked in the resource center mm-hmm. with Joni and mm-hmm. um, did some other things. I did some welcome served on the welcome team for a while, but my heart, um, God made it very clear to me very, very early on that my purpose in the church uh, was to share Jesus with children Mm -hmm. and to show them who Jesus was and to share that with them. And that's also my passion. So I couldn't stay away for very long. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love that. Well, this summer, we are sharing our Jesus stories, and by that, I mean 
though that moment in time when we put our faith in Jesus and it changed everything. So I would love to hear your story. How did you come to faith in Jesus? Well, I think that I don't ever remember a time um, when God... Jesus wasn't a part of my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, From the time I was a child, we were a church-attending family. Mm -hmm. We went every Sunday. I had a grandmother who, though she practiced the Christian science Mm. faith, um, would always uh, share psalms and sing hymns with me, um, especially when I was hurt or upset, and that really resonated with me. My dad was very faithful. He carried around scriptures in his wallet. Wow. Uh, but really, at that point in my life, uh, I went to church on Sunday, mm-hmm. and I pretty much thought that's what God was all about, was mm-hmm. going to church on Sunday. I think I probably also thought of God... Um, and his attribute of being the righteous judge yeah. more than any other attribute of God. That was kind of my idea of who God was. But the rest of the week, um, God didn't really play a part in my life at all. And Despite that, um, after David and I got married, uh, we ourselves became faithful churchgoers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we went to church always, even when... Other, all of our friends and those sorts of things, everybody started to fall away, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot, of, a lot of faithful attendance. He and I continued to uh, attend church, and we were there every week. I recited the Apostles' Creed every week, mm-hmm. and I now ask myself, what did I think I was saying? Mm. Why did I not understand what that meant? Um, but after years and years and years of going to church, I recognize now that I did not understand the gospel. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I had never heard it or if I heard it explained in such a way that it wasn't clear enough for me to understand, but I truly didn't understand the gospel. I believed um, in God. I mean, God was always so important to me, Mm -hmm. but I had absolutely no idea that you could have a personal relationship with Jesus right. and that that could change your life. Right. Yeah. So there were a certain number of things that were going on in my life, some major life events that had occurred. Uh, David and I were blessed to adopt our son, Brian. Mm-hmm. And then my mom had cancer mm-hmm. and she came to live with us and she had passed away um, a short time before uh, Faithbridge started. And also during that time, uh, part of, I, should, I should mention that part of my church experience or Bible study had never been part of my church experience okay. up to that point in time. I don't ever remember being at a church where Bible study was offered. That's interesting. Or even even sermons. I mean, there were always scriptures that were read, but the sermons were more based on topical issues mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, scripture. So I had never studied the Bible. I knew nothing mm. about the Bible whatsoever. And at the time, I was teaching Sunday school in another church, and we started using a Bible-based curriculum in preschool. Wow. And it was like, whoa, this is what it says in the Bible? Oh, my goodness. I never knew that. I never understood that. 
And, you know, certainly I'm not saying that it was, quote unquote, the church's fault. Certainly part of it was my responsibility for not have taken the initiative to go deeper. But suddenly I became aware that there was the way for me to get to know God um, was going to be by studying the Bible. Mm -hmm. And then, as I mentioned earlier, uh, early on, we went to a come and see meeting for Faith Bridge Mm -hmm. and at that time made the decision to transition to Faith Bridge. And then it was like, you know, somebody had opened up the water hose uh, because, first of all, I was encouraged to become part of a small group mm-hmm. and uh, encouraged to study the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hearing, you know, Bible teaching every week, which was something that was very new for me. And I suddenly heard um, the gospel clearly explained. And I remember it was when we were at Kids or Kids. And um, Pastor Ken was was giving the sermon. Of course, he was the only one that did the sermon then, uh-huh. but he also played the keyboards. But <laughs> he was doing the sermon, and he explained it as two sets of railroad tracks uh, running side by side. One was the railroad tracks of the world, and the other was the railroad tracks of God and the Bible and a biblical worldview versus a secular worldview. And he, of course, issued, as he did every week, I think, the invitation at that point in time to pray and ask uh, Jesus to be um, your Lord and Savior. And I thought to myself, part of my my human prideful self thought, oh, well, you know, I'm already a Christian. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do that. But then part of myself, probably the Holy Spirit, prompted me that, oh, yes, you do. I mean, you you have a whole long way to go. So I remember distinctly, I prayed the prayer at that service. And from there on out, it was just, um, I, I just developed a hunger and a desire and a passion to get to know God better, um, to get to know Jesus. I started reading the Bible first on my own, and then guided, and then through devotionals, and then part of Bible studies. But I, I learned how to pray. Um, I prayed out loud for the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of these things were firsts for me at Faithbridge. And we would have leadership meetings, uh, and we would receive additional teaching at those. And so, as I said, it was almost like somebody opened the water hose, and I was receiving all of this information that I didn't even recognize that I had been so hungry Mm -hmm. for. But it wasn't just information. It was, at that point in time, that's when my relationship my love relationship with Jesus began, mm-hmm. and I truly began to feel the promptings of the Holy Spirit and to feel um, things that before I had only known on a thinking basis mm-hmm. but never experienced on a spiritual level or never felt through the Holy Spirit. So it was just a really, really rich season of learning and growing for me. I love that. That is powerful. We can go to church for years and years, and either the gospel isn't being spoken, or it's not speaking in a way that we can grab a hold of it. It's possible that that happens. So I love that um, 
that that aspect, I think that's common. I think it happens all the time. I think that there are so many of us that that same thing is true. One of the things that comes to mind while you're talking is Acts 2.42 in that portion. Um, I guess it's Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and 47, where it says that, um, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching um, and the breaking of bread and to prayer. And I think that for the first time, once you verbally prayed, once you invited God in, that he used small groups, community. When I think about that passage, I think about the community and the power that community of believers has in our lives. So community, you were putting yourself in the way of good, solid biblical teaching um, and then just and prayer like you hadn't prayed before in the past. I love that your story is the picture of the power of that passage. And then the very, I think it's in 47 where it says, and they added to their numbers daily, people like Sharon Cooper. <laughs> and not coincidentally, both of those passages were passages that um, were referred to over and over really? and over again in our early meetings. And as we began to grow in numbers and added new people um, into the membership, those those were passages we discussed um, over and over again. I love so. that. I think that it's the power of the the early New Testament church lives today it does. in the power of the message that Jesus brought, in the power of the gospel, and the power of his people living it out. I love that. How did you hear about Faith Bridge? I mean, it sounds like Faith Bridge was kind of crucial in, in making that distinction in your life. Did someone invite you? Was it just new or? Well, it was, I was uh, attending a different church mm-hmm. and um, was very involved with the children's ministry mm-hmm. at that church. And some of the moms um, who were involved, who knew um, Pastor Ken personally, mm-hmm. and uh, they were uh, working with him initially in these what were called come and see meetings. Uh This was before we had started meeting. And uh, I was approached by several different people there and asked if we'd be interested in coming to hear more Mm -hmm. about it. So, And, Uh of course, (laughs) the other thing that happened, and I know God used this, was that the curriculum that I had been so passionate about and I had felt had really opened my eyes to the truth of the Bible and to the necessity for me to study the Bible Mm -hmm. to get to know God, uh, had been withdrawn, had been taken away, and I was told I couldn't use it anymore. And so um, it it was just an event that happened that really spurred me on to investigate the new Mm -hmm. church. So That's interesting. I think uh, something similar happened to me. I was no, I, I was going to a church, definitely Bible-believing church, but a friend of mine was going to a different church, and she was just learning so much more about God and, and I, I, you know, God and Jesus and the Bible and everything, and it just made me, I want that. I want to know more. I want to know Him more. So, yeah, just that pulling of the Spirit is powerful in our lives. Well, I was thinking about, and I don't know the reference, but the scripture that says, taste and see that the Lord is Mm -hmm. good. And once you've had a taste 
uh, of God's richness and goodness yeah. and fullness, um, you have to keep moving forward. Yeah. It was just not impossible for me to return to where I had right. been. I had to keep moving forward at that time. Right. So, so it sounds like it was very drastic. The, the change that happened in your heart and in your life, was it? Or Yes, it was. It was very, very drastic. Um, I think uh, basically I went from having and, – and, of course, it didn't all happen immediately. Right. I mean, immediately I think I began to recognize the difference and that, you know, the Holy Spirit was living in me and I was receiving promptings from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But – I developed this hunger for things of God that just could not be satiated. Uh, I rearranged my priorities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things that hadn't been important to me became important to me, like attending small groups and being part of a Bible study and those types of things. And things that I used to think had had previously thought were important no longer were as important to me. I was working full time. I was a mom. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was a lot going on in my life, but I just completely rearranged my priorities and realized that, you know, you the best thing is the best thing. Mm-hmm. And the best thing has to come first. And I attempted to start to live my life in a way where Jesus was at the center of it. Versus, you know, um, Sharon, the world according to Sharon. I was more interested in the world according to Jesus. Wow. I love that. I mean, life moves so much differently when we get that part right. Yes. When we are, when we put Jesus in the center, it makes a big difference in how each day is lived out, the decisions we make, but also just how we approach it. I love that. Um, what about now, if you were to communicate the gospel, if someone asked you, well, how do I follow Christ? How do I get to know God the way you know him? What would, how would you explain that to them? Well, <laughs> if, I, if I depend upon my kids' ministry experience, I would tell them it was as simple as ABC, but that's probably not how I would really... Oh, no, that's exactly <laughs> how Connie said it. <laughs> I had never heard that before. Yeah. I love that. You just ask God. Um, you know, you just acknowledge um, that Jesus is God's son, mm-hmm. that you are a sinner, mm-hmm. believe in Jesus, and choose to follow him. Mm, So acknowledge yourself as a sinner, believe in Jesus, and choose to follow him. I love that. And it it is just as simple as that, because there's there's nothing really complicated that you can do. Mm -hmm. I think the distinction, you know, I'd gone through confirmation and other types of things. And as I said, when we started, I feel like God was always a part of my life. Mm -hmm. But I think the distinction was prior to that, I had a Savior, but I did not have Jesus as the Lord of my life. I didn't have a relationship. So that's what changed. Um, For me, I think it was, a. we talked earlier, I think it was a two-step process for me too. I think I came to a place where I knew I needed a Savior. And I do remember the day that I trusted in Jesus for salvation. 
but I kind of winged it for a while until I met someone who told me about a relationship Mm -hmm. with him and that similar to Acts 242, then I started going to church and approaching it differently, reading his word and, you know, being part of community and, and actually talking with him in prayer and stuff. So, um, First the the savior part, and then the relationship part came. I think it, the other the other thing I think I would share with anyone um, that was seeking and you know trying to figure out what uh, God's plan for them was and what it means to be a follower of Jesus is that I would tell them it's always in His perfect timing. Mm. It's never too early. And it's never too late. It's never too late. And don't ever think that you have to know a certain amount Mm -hmm. or feel a certain way or have had so many experiences uh, before you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Because it's always, whatever timing it is, it's always God's perfect timing. Right. And even though I've spent a lot of time regretting that I didn't do it sooner, I recognize that all of that, all things work together for good for those who love God and Mm -hmm. are called according to his purposes. Exactly. So I think all of those things worked into his plan for me, for Mm -hmm. my salvation. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it was too early for you. I don't think it was too late. I think that God knew the moment. He always knew the moment we were going to trust him, mm. that you were going to trust him. Um, there is a nut, something else that you said. Oh, yeah, I love that you brought up the point. Like, we cannot get our act together in order to, fo- you know, we and we had better not wait until we get our act together before we start following him. But the beauty is he did not come when we had our act together. He loved us while we were still sinners while we were still gross with sin he loved us and came for us um how would you describe your faith now what is god being in in your life what does salvation mean in your life now well i think what it means for me now at this stage of my life is that everything that i do I attempt to uh, put through the lens of, you know, first of all, prayer, mm-hmm. um, and then Bible study, and I try to do those things which I believe will further His kingdom. Amen. And we we all have different gifts and talents. We all have different passions. Um, as I mentioned earlier, my passion and my purpose has always been to serve with kids. Mm-hmm. But recently, God has uh, awakened in me also um, the desire to work with women's in women's ministry, mm-hmm. do women's Bible study, a discipleship group, and you know the the ways that God uses us. God uses us to accomplish all of His purposes. Mm-hmm. So there are so many ways um, that he can advance his kingdom through you. And, you know, things like I come in here once a week and organize the supplies for the kids for Sunday morning. So, you know, we do a lot of things 
um, to serve the Lord and advance his kingdom. And if that's what he's called you to do, then you will find it to be the best and most rewarding thing that mm-hmm. you've ever done. And probably the biggest thing is, uh, I would say the biggest change is that overall, there's a peace in my life yes. that I never had before right. because I recognize that God is God. Mm-hmm. And I am not, mm-hmm. that he is in control, and I am not, and that I can trust him no matter what. I love that. That's exa- That goes back to making sure that he's the one in the center, mm-hmm. and it just changes everything. Um, I love that. No matter, once we trust in, in him, somehow, some way, I think he's going to communicate that it is better if I'm in the center of your life. It is better if you focus on building my kingdom and letting me use you in whatever way to do that and to to bring glory and honor to him. So whether that is, I think a lot of times people think, oh, if I'm not up front, I don't really have anything to offer. I, th- I don't think people at FaithBridge ever get that message. There is always <laughs> something to there do. There is always something to do. <laughs> but organizing toys coming up in the middle of the week to you know serve in whatever capacity handing out donuts on Sundays one of my favorite teams is the parking team I love them y'all they're just happy I showed up and they wave and tell me so (laughs) amen we were just talking about that yesterday when we pulled in the parking lot I said those guys are always having a party it is 103 degrees sorry grace Well, Sharon, thank you so much for coming and for sharing your story and being on the podcast today. Um, I know it has encouraged me, and I know that I am not alone in that. It's just been so fun. Well, thank you for inviting me. And I just, if you're out there and you are thinking about entering into a relationship with Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed hearing this Jesus story as much as I did. Our stories are important. It's through our stories and sharing them that other people get to know Jesus in a new way through our lives. Join us next week and we'll hear another Jesus story from another woman of Faithbridge. Bridge.